Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to Follow Up Friday. Um, we have some ravens for you um, today. Some interesting, deep, challenging ravens, mm-hmm. actually. We have been sitting here for probably an hour and a half diving into this. Uh, we normally just get, go, but we can't. We this can't week. this week. And also, I will say... These ravens challenge us in a way that, like, we're short on time. The mm-hmm. uh, uh, Sir Matt is going on vacation, and I'm going the week after he returns. So we're trying to make sure we get content out. So yeah, we actually just recorded uh, Monday's episode just before this, so that was kind of on short turnaround. We mentioned it there, and so right. so just, it's a little out of sorts. But um, we had these ravens we've been sitting on. Uh, a couple are challenging, so we will get to those in a moment. All right, what do you got for us, Sir Matt? All right, well, let's go ahead and say that last week the trivia question was, what is the name of Theon Greyjoy's first ship? And the answer was the Sea Bitch. Uh, Sir Robert of Newcastle winning again. Wow. Yeah. Goodness. But I will say there, there were some new uh, new entries uh, you know, in, in, into the fray. Um, Good. Well, Adam Parker, uh, he, he didn't even answer because he's... He's on vacation as well. He's actually yeah, the we'll, same. we'll let that pass. Yeah, he's uh, he's, <laughs> he's going to the uh, same the same kingdom that you'll be going to here. I'd like to. I'm gonna as my if I, as my Facebook takes a second here. I want to uh, just go ahead and and shout out some of the people that also answer because we had some new people answer here. Um, I'm gonna say just Lady Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, said have cool. a nice weekend. Uh, answered. Um, uh, Lady Kelsey, and she was so close. She was second. Yeah, so so yeah, oh, just cool. Wow. Just getting getting some uh, some more people uh, jumping in here to the uh, in here to the trivia. So good, good. Wow, I feel like we need we need like a um, <clears throat> like a trophy of some kind. Mm-hmm. You know, we pass around. Or something. We pass around like who's the current holder. We could even do it digitally. You know what I mean? Like like um, have like a leaderboard or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like hand so. of the king or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, something. They, they a little, like a little pin or something. Yeah, yeah, and it moves, and then we also can track like how many people have had it, have had the award. We'll create like a like a leaderboard. Yeah. I think. Yeah, so. something like that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it's not too late to dive in there and uh, try to be first yeah. on trivia. So. And I will say uh, real quick, uh, Sir Ezra, you you asked a question. It wasn't a poll, but you asked a question on Facebook, and <clears throat> yeah. uh, just kind of maybe talk about that so people yeah, can sure. I got, a- um, offer some more ideas. I got, uh, you know, I was talking to um, um, Lord Adam Parker. Um, I think it was um, who else was in there? Sir, 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 Sir Jared, Sir of, Jared of, yeah. of Gebhardt. Um, who else? There was, um, I think, Sir. Think Sir Robert was there too. I can't remember. Uh, I'd yeah. have to go back and look. Sir Matt chimed in as well. Did you? Okay, good. Yeah. Um, you didn't see my comment. I didn't see it yet. Oh, okay. So well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what I said after you. Okay, done. good. <laughs> um, I was looking at basically, you know, following a pick one character and follow their point of view through the entire uh, series. And a- after today's after today's um, Ravens, I I may <laughs> there's so many options because the, the character I just dove into for research today was Davos. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, wow, he definitely has a, a really cool point of view. But I was, it was recommended by um, by those guys that I maybe take a look at uh, Tyrion mm-hmm. and Jon Snow. Um, trying to think, were there other? Who, who, who did you mention? 
Oh, I had said that maybe I should read Jamie's. That way I can get a hand up on the competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, I, I would like more feedback if you get the, it's uh, posted. I think it might even be pinned on our Facebook page if you can go check that out. Yeah. And then, um, you know, maybe give us a yeah. little But in feedback. reality, I think you should just go ahead and read your favorite character, who we'll get to. Um, Catelyn Tully, Catelyn Stark, Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one I didn't think about, you know, and you, you look at, because uh, I was even looking at, like, which ones span the whole series right. type of thing versus, you know, hers is, is a little bit different um, path. But, yeah, I don't know. And, and also, where's the action at, you know? Yeah. Uh, you've got someone like Tyrion who is all over the place. Yeah. So, so yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I just want to give it a go this summer while I have the time, and so I think I'm going to start on vacation. Yeah. So... so. All right, well, let's go ahead and dive into some of these ravens. This one is from uh, Ghost of Hall, Sir Ezra. He asked wow. three questions. Can I, of, yeah, he has yeah. three He has three questions. But can I just say uh, about the Ghost of Hall? I believe the ghost has, like, been looking into, like, my soul. Yeah. I don't know what's going he on. Is, but like, he, is, he is challenging He you. or she. We don't yeah, know. Or she, yeah. Okay, ghost is basically just challenging me week in and week out, and I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, all right, here we go. There is a most suspicious cook at the court in White Harbor, possibly with a taste for human flesh. Is Lord Wayman Manderley eating his enemies at White Harbor? Will uh, he be Davos's key to the freedom and, turn, and intern Stannis? Um, then second question here. Maester Aemon and Brendan Riv- Rivers, a.k.a. Bloodraven, two former Targaryens, went up to the wall together and by all accounts had some time on their hands. Jon Snow found a uh, bundle of dragon glass by the f- fist of the first men while following Ghost. Uh, Jorman and Mance found the Horn of Winter by just coming upon it. Do you think it's possible these two Targaryens have been playing us like an elephant on a Kavasi board? They are both capable of reading high Valyrian glyphs and capable of creating verif- uh, verifiable artifacts, books, and documentation. They by far have un- uh, unraveled knowledge with the help of scrolls, royal secrets, warging, and green sight. They could get a giant horn, I bet too. Is there evidence that these two knew of the other's plan? In the end of Dance with Dragons, we're left with Bran of Tarth being brutally questioned by the Brotherhood without banners and nearly hanged at a word from Lady Stoneheart. Does she escape death with Oathkeeper and deliverance of uh, Jamie Lannister? What if Lady Stoneheart completes her curse, eradicating the field of Freys? And with the help of Jamie, Brienne, and the Brotherhood Without Banners, and they secure the crossing at the Twins with Liza and Catelyn's deeply uh, intricate language. Could Lady Stoneheart um, know Edmure's location? Could Liza? Edmure Tully is uh, the rightful Lord of the Trident and could rally the armies of the Riverlands to protect the realm. Yeah. All well, very good questions, but let's the, go ahead and re-dive. Let's dive into the first one, I want to say. Yeah, the, the, the first question I thought was the so, most challenging. Right, so this um, is the one about uh, Mand- uh, Lord Ma- uh, Manderly possibly eating his enemies at White Harmor. Will he be the Davos's key to the freedom, uh, to freedom and in turn Stannis? Stannis, yeah. You know, I think uh, so, uh, there is a most suspicious air quote cook. Okay, uh, the way I, I I read this is that there is a suspicious air quote cook. Um, who who is making these um these pies up at uh, or at White Harbor? And so you know, from from what I remember, um. Wyman Manderley, like like when Davos Seaworth shows up, um, he, it's it's like like the, he's in bed with the Freys. The Freys are everywhere. They've gone from the twins yeah. and basically spread There's north. Hundreds of them, right? And they're all over the place. And 
they're basically keeping, they're in court with some of these um, northern lords and kind of keeping them in check. They're, uh, how do you put it, like they're, they're keeping tabs on things, reporting back to the crown, to the Lannisters who they've made, um, you know, a new allegiance with. And it seems like, you know, Wyman, um, his, his two sons, one of his sons, um, was killed at the right. red wedding. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Willis is the one who he's working to get, to, to get his freedom back. He's actually still imprisoned. Right. Yeah. He's called out by, uh, Liana Morma in the show. Your <clears throat> son was butchered at the red wedding, Lord Vanderly, right. but still you refused the call. Diddy though. <laughs> so that's my, so Diddy, because here's the thing. Um, he is actually, I mean, he puts off like he's just this, you know, jolly, fat, drunken type of, of guy, and he lets people make fun of him, but really, he is probably one of the most conniving, smart, in, intelligent lords in the North, okay? And I think he is, he's working, um, he gives guest right to the phrase, so they get, you know, the, you know, meat, some salt, whatever, they get some food, and... They are some drink. They're they're protected under guest right. Well, that happened at the red wedding as well. Right. And in the Riverlands, basically, you know, guest right is being questioned everywhere. Like, are we truly safe? It used to be a sacred, sacred thing. No one had really, truly broken it. Um, there's a mention in, in my research. I didn't know this before I read this. Raven, the the idea of the of the rat cook mm-hmm. up in um, you know at, at the Night's Watch. And the violations of guest right are pretty, pretty, you know, significant because once you violate something like that, that's so sacred, um, no one, no one's trusting anybody. You don't really know what's going on. So, uh, our friend Tyrion, when he comes back, where when he comes back in a Game of Thrones to Winterfell, he sees Rob Stark with a sword across his lap, which yeah. is basically denying him guest right. You know, yeah. he's not serving him food and drink. Yeah. And things and and Tyrion's like attacked by their wolves. Right, right, exactly. And so, um, before Arya, the air quote here, Arya Stark and um, uh, Ramsay Bolton's wedding. Right. So Roose Bolton is is isn't going to have Arya wed to uh, his bastard son, who he's legitimized at Winterfell. Uh, they're they're prepping for that. Um, Wyman has Davos showing up to White Harbor to try to get him to pledge his men to Stannis's cause. So um, you get a lot of different things happening here. Wyman is trying to secure the freedom of his son, right, with the Lannisters. He's trying to show them that he's that he's a that he'll do what they need him to do. He's keeping face with them to to get the freedom there. With Davos, uh, when he shows up, it's reported by the phrase back to the Crown that Davos is here, and the Crown says, "Bring us his head." You know, tell Lord Manderley that we would he we want him to be executed. He's dead. And I was always very confused when I first read it. I was like, oh, crap. Davos is dead. Like, I was reading it and, like, you know, Lord Lord Wyman is, <clears throat> like, he puts on a good show. And Davos thinks he's dead. Yeah. He thinks he's been, he's not, he, um, he's taken away. And and actually, uh, they kind of fake his death. And they, they find somebody who looks like him. They cut his fingers off. And they, they present that person to the, um, to the crown. They release um, Willis, his mm-hmm. son. And that's what he wanted, right? Okay, the phrase are convinced too. They were convinced by uh, Manderley that he had done this. So then once they head north, um, they're actually called uh, up to Winterfell for the wedding. Okay, so on the, we- on, on the way there, 
um, so that he does not violate guest right. He gifts them, um, I think it's horses or something like yeah. that. He gives them horses and kind of tells them, you know, because he's so fat and big and, and whatnot and has health issues, he has to ride slow. He has to stop and, and eat and different things. So he has them ride on ahead of himself. Now, the theory here and what's not said is that um, he actually has those the three frays uh, that were with him killed. And he makes three fray pies. Okay, so if you look at the show, that's what that's what Arya did, right? That was the, her role. But in the books, it's very different. He makes the pies um, on his way to um, the wedding, right? And when he gets there, he actually serves Roose Bolton, who he knows has a, who played a very sinister role in the wet in the, in the Red Wedding and had uh, and killed his son, you know. And he goes there and he feeds those pies to. Um, you know, um, the Boltons and the phrase and stuff. He's, he's just, he's, and he's so jovial and he's happy to be there, but he's, he doesn't know what happens to the phrase. He says, I don't know. They wrote on ahead of me. I have no idea what happened to those phrase. And, you know, um, and, and people, when they went to the town to question, Ramsey had sent some men down there and they, the town in which they, um, were last seen or whatever, they don't know. They don't know where, where they went. Um, you know, and, and what have you. So he's super plotting against Roos Bolton. Um, so he says, you know, the other question is, will he, uh, be Davos's key to freedom and in turn, uh, Stannis? I do think he is working that whole grand Northern conspiracy idea. Um, he says that he wants Rick on who's over on Skagos yeah. and he wants him to come back. Right. And if, and if he can get him back, then sure. Like he will pledge his men and, and he will pledge to his cause. They actually, um, it gets so heated at the wedding though. They actually attempt to like cut um, um, Manderly's throat, but he's such a big guy and he has yeah. such a big like double chin, like they can't actually cut his throat, and yeah. they just super hurt him. And then like his knights get one of the frays or whoever it was off of him, um, and and whatnot. There's there's different things that happen too up there at Winterfell where he goes to the bathroom and is possibly in there for hours meeting with who right. the, the Grand Northern conspiracy. Right. Yep. He that he, he people it, it's known that he needs to be in the bathroom for a long time because he's got all these health issues and stuff. But really, he's in there secretly meeting with different people and plotting different things. Yeah. And people are dying by the way at at the wedding. Um. And that was that was interesting because Mance is there as well. Um. One of the things that that Wyman does as, as he's, as he's leaving is he asks for the rat, um, the rat cook song to be sung. Uh, and I think it's sung by Mance. I think Mance Raider is the one who sings it cause he's been sent back, uh, down there. And it's sort of another sign. It's a, it's a subtle way of saying, letting the people know that violating guest right is a bad idea yeah. and, and, and that you will be, um, punished for it in, in a sense. So they're eating their own kin, you know, right now. And, and, and actually, Wyman himself is eating the pies. Roose Bolton wouldn't eat them until he did. And he's like, I don't care. I'll eat a fray. Yeah. I mean, I, that's me putting right. that in his head. But I mean, he's, he's so he's digging in there. So well, because there's there are there are very crazy theories about Roose Bolton. Yeah. And that they are that there is a totally a theory that he is a vampire. That is that is a long really yeah theory <laughs> because they talk about um or that he could even be like a skin changer or something like that. And that because why do they f like flay people? 
Mm -hmm. um, is that like then he kind of like takes their skin, you know, there's uh, uh, Alt Shift X did also has done a theory on it uh, and it's it's really good. And I suggest people go check that out. But, you know, it's 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 in line with those is uh, Lord Varys a merman theory and stuff like that. But the surprising amount of. That the the surprising amount of what's the word I'm looking up point like as points that people have brought up to add validity to that theory mm-hmm. is like yeah. crazy like it's 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 quite a large theory right right um yeah so so anyways I I do think you know um that there is a conspiracy there is something going on and I think a lot of people have talked about that and made comment on it um. Wyman's way of going about it is very good. Like he's still able to honor guest right, but then you know, gifting them as they leave um, with the horses is basically mm-hmm. a, a way in which he can say like it's over, guest right is over, and now you're fair game. And so he takes out those three uh, phrase, which, um, and he actually plays off that he's super close. I think one of them, their name is Rhaegar Frey. I mm-hmm. think could be wrong about that. Um, I can't find it right now, but but he plays off that he's super close with the phrase. He's just very, he's a very good actor. He's very good at presenting one way. And he even tells Davos that it's kind of a cowardly thing that he's doing, um, but it's, he has to act this way. You know, and he's building that fleet. He's got that, that, that fleet that um, during the Harvest uh, Festival, when he went back and he, and he met with, um, I think it was Bran um, <clears throat> at the time. Uh, and, and he's telling, you know, um, Winterfell that he's going to pledge all of these ships to their cause and get behind, you know, King Rob and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, he's got this massive fleet there that's just ready to go. Yeah. Which, which honestly Stannis needs and could use. So I can see it. I can see things going very differently. You know, look at how different they represented the Frey pie situation yeah. with Arya versus yeah. how it was done in the book. Mm-hmm. Very night and day different, yep. right? A completely different character does it and, and things. So, Elements will be there, but it's completely different. Yeah. So, so anyways, that, that, that was a great question. That was the first part of the question. Let's see. What was the, the second part? Um, oh, Maester Eamon and Brenda Rivers. Yeah, hold on. Real quick, though. Just oh. because I, I just I just, I just want to I I write. I, wanna, I brought up the vampire immortal theory. Oh, sure. So, it's actually kind of cool. So, I just want to bring it up. So, in a theory known as Bolt On, like B-O-L-T hyphen On, some readers believe that Roose Bolton is an immortal being, possibly being an other that steals and wears other people's skin. Uh, evidence four. The faceless men of Bravos have demonstrated that it is possible to remove other people's faces and wear them as a disguise. The Dreadfort is uh, proximate to Bravos, um, so the Boltons might have sailed there and learned the secret. Hmm. Even if they never traveled to Bravos, House Bolton has been flaying people for centuries, so it would be most likely for them to discover that skin could be worn. Roos states that the only reason he does not kill his illegitimate son, Ramsay, uh, it is that it is taboo of kinslaying. However, Roos um, conceived Ramsay when he had uh, hanged a miller and raped his wife beneath his swaying body and broke his sworn oaths uh, by killing his liege lord. It seems uncharacteristically moral of him to shun kinslaying. It seems more likely to look on Sir Ezra's face right now, guys. Mm-hmm. It's yep. like, uh, uh, okay. Uh, it seems more likely that Roos plans to take on Ramsay's identity and skin eventually as Ramsay shares Roos's distinctive blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Even if being, uh, even if the being wearing Roos's skin is immortal, the person needs to die every so often to avoid suspicion. It is possible that Roos killed his only trueborn son, uh, Domeric Bolton, because Domeric did not share Roos's eyes. Reek notes that Roos's 
that Roos does not seem to age. Though past, this is from A Dance with Dragons, chapter 20, Reek 2. Though past 40, Roos was uh, as yet unwrinkled with a uh, with scarce a line to tell the passage of time. There was an agelessness about him, a stillness. Uh, and then it kind of goes on here, um, Dance of Dragons, chapter 37. Uh, nearly every mention of Roos Bolton mentions, uh, this is summarized, mm-hmm. um, uh, indicates that he might be an other. At one point, it was even stated that Roos Bolton's own face was as pa- was a pale gray mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Just yeah, just saying. That's interesting. That's definitely an interesting. Wow. Def- definitely interesting theory. Well, it, I mean, even even just the mention that his face looks the way that it does, and yeah. then that they flay people, and we know that you can change faces. That's interesting. Whether it's immortality or right. a vampire, or whatever. That part is interesting. Yeah, I think. You, you know, one of the things I really like about about this book series is that you know you just went over this huge grand northern conspiracy, and you're t- and you're talking about. You know, the, the medieval, like the medieval and political scheming that goes on. But mm-hmm. then it's like we do jump back to chapters where there's a magic and stuff going on. And sometimes they seem so separate from each other. It does almost seem as if you're reading two separate mm-hmm. books. Yeah. And so then, you know, so it's just it's just interesting here that like. Yeah. You know, you know, one thing that's tricky. So I just noticed this in, in my research that when what I was just talking about there, when Davos comes, um, it's actually, I think, in a Feast of Crows where they issue back to, um, it depends on the perspective here, in King's Landing, that they have killed Davos. Yeah. That they've executed him. But then Davos is still alive. Yeah. And then so you see that it just you have to match up where they were in their timeline there because you remember how that book was kind of mm-hmm. written together? So it was very different. Yeah. Um, so anyways. So, yeah, anyway, right. All right, we can jump. We can jump into the second question, which is a lot more about magic. So uh, yeah. go, going back to this one here. Maester Aemon and Brendan Rivers, a.k.a. Bloodraven, uh, two former Targaryens, went up to the wall together and by all account had some time on their hands. Jon Snow found a bundle of dragonglass by the uh, Fist of the First Men by following Ghost. Jorman and Mance found the Horn of Winter by just coming upon it. Do you think it is possible that these two, gar- two Targaryens have been, pl- have been playing us mm-hmm. like an elephant on a Kavasi board? Yeah. Uh, they both are capable of reading High Valyrian glyphs. We kind of already went over this, uh, so just skip ahead here. Um, do you, is it possible that these two knew of the other's plan? Um, okay. Wait, knew of the other's plan and then decided to try and do something about it. Right. Okay. So wh- why would they plant a fake horn though? Is that, that's the, right. So that's kind of what you say is that they, if they're playing us and that they themselves have stumbled across a horn and then replicated it. Is that what he's saying? Uh, he's just saying, the yeah, they're both they're both capable of Not reading high uh, series. They're capable of verifying. Uh, I don't think he says that they're. I think he, he's just he's he's saying. Do you think that they they, they know it's possible they found out about it? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible they're playing us? As in, maybe they don't. I don't know. Like, yeah, they, I like think they, it's more that they that that because uh, you know we we learned that Mance is unsure of it might be bluffing with the horn that he right. has, right? Cause he has the horn of, of winter air quote. Uh, and his plan is to bring down the wall, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. It's to get South of the wall, but that's his threat. So his bluff is that he has this horn that could, could do that. Where did, um, is it, is it that they, that, that the two former Tar- Targaryens, uh, Aemon and Brendan found the horn itself 
and then replicated it and put something there in its place or something. And then they then have the horn and can use it for something else. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. does I don't know if we've heard anybody sound it. Does it have magical properties yet? Yeah. We don't really know. But but I, do, I definitely believe in that they are capable of reading the High Valerian. They are capable of creating, uh, um, you know, verifiable artifacts. Yeah. There's there's where it's at. Um, are they are they are they? Can you verify them creating? Right. Is that right? Am I reading that right? Yeah. Uh, of create of creating verifiable artifacts, books, and documentation. Um, because if they're if they're warging green site, uh, they could get a giant horn to it. But yeah. So so are you right? He is saying he is saying like they they could replicate it. Yeah. It, okay. Yeah. There. Yeah. Exactly. So I think. And then also, is there evidence? So I think. I think these are kind of two things here. Is there evidence that these two knew of the other's plan? Um. Yeah. Is there evidence that they knew of their plan? Um. There's not a lot of evidence. There's definitely a lot of rabbit hole theories. I think Mr. Amon though wrote about the others a little bit, and I think he. I think he did. Well, they would both have to. I mean, they're. They both. They both were of the Night's Watch. Right. And so. so they take it more serious. They, I mean, Maester Eamon has read the the text of other maesters and seen sort of, you know, um, the records that have been left. And, and I mean, the third sounding of the horn at the watch is to indicate that the others are coming. Right. You know, and they would, have, they would have to, they would have to, he would have to know secrets and things that people have said, and he would see it more than other maesters. I mean, just think about this. Um, when Sam tries to tell, at least in the show. Yeah. Um, when Sam tries to tell the other maesters, oh, I I killed a White Walker. They like, mm-hmm. laugh at him. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, good point. I mean, so I do think that they. Um, we, we were actually talking before, and this is going to get into another Raven. We have somebody else talking about uh, Blood Raven uh, or, or or Brendan Rivers. Um, but as to what happened to him when he disappears, was it intentional or was it unintentional? Um, I'm starting to think it was, I don't really know. I'm really up in there. I can go either way. You could, you could go down both rabbit holes. If he intentionally disappears, then yes, he does. There is evidence there than that. He knows about the plan of the others and he's, he's actively trying to stop it and working with the children or are the children, uh, not who we think they are. And it was an unintentional disappearance in which he doesn't know the plans, but then is trying to seek Bran out to rectify the problem. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, I don't know. So well, there's also there's also the so I mean I, so we, we know that they go up together right we know we know that Maester Aemon and and Maester Aemon and Blood Raven go mm-hmm. up together yeah uh, Samwell too a feast for crows Egg emptied out the dungeons too so I would not need to say my vows alone my honor guard he called them one one was no less a man than Brendan Rivers he was later chosen as Lord Commander mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so we know that um. Bloodraven and Aemon go up to the wall together, and then Bloodraven is chosen as Lord Commander. We know that at some point he just goes missing, ranging mm-hmm. beyond yeah. the wall. Yeah, but the question is, what the, so so getting back to Winds of Winter and the horn, who, which horn, where does this horn come from? Like, if if is it the horn that Mance Raider brought with him? Is that the horn, right. or is it, or is it another horn? Is it that? Did they make a replica? Did, did they make a replica of that horn? I, that's what I was kind of wondering. Right. Is, uh, what I'm deriving from um, the Raven is that they made a replica, and they themselves have it stashed away, and they're they're working to get it in the right hands and use it in the right way. So you know, while Bran is there um, with the three eyed uh, crow, could that come into play? 
is a three-eyed crow someone we can trust? Right. Or is the three-eyed crow someone we can't trust? Is the three-eyed crow even Brendan Rivers? We, yes. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing. So, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, so, so I think they did have some knowledge that the others were. I don't think, I don't know that, that Maester Eamon did. I don't know that he did. You I don't know? know, because later when he talked, he, he certainly knows of the, like, he certainly knows of the Azor Ahai prophecy, because mm-hmm. later he, when he's sailing to, um, Bravos. Uh, yeah, or no, uh, Old Town. Old Town with Sam, he tells Sam, well, maybe Daenerys is right. actually the prince, you know, the princess who was promised. And I believe he mentions that Rhaegar was obsessed with the theory. So he definitely had correspondence with Rhaegar, it, se- mm-hmm. it seems like. Um, but was was Brendan, I, I wonder, if it, was Brendan obsessed with that theory? Did he know, I'm sure he knew about it, because yeah. he's well learned, but yeah. but yeah. just, we don't, we don't get a whole lot about him worrying about that you and know? you know it, we don't really know exactly what happened but it is also possible um we know that Eamon and egg were pretty close mm-hmm. you know egg on the fifth um is it possible that the, the tragedy at summer hall was because Aegon was trying to do some sort of we know he was trying to use wildfire potentially this is all you know what mm-hmm. most people theorize yeah. to wake dragons but was he trying to wake dragons because he wanted dragons or was he maybe he maybe he was thinking looking into the azor high prophecy mm-hmm. yeah for sure so okay all that just get, does is give evidence that like that they understand the long night and the prophecy and things like that and and the the battle perhaps with the with the others and the great other um for Eamon and for egg you know i know that brendan knows of it but but what are his motivations like like if, if, i guess if he saw if he learned that the azor high prophecy coming to fulfill to you know, um, to to be true, or that we needed to fulfill that prophecy. If he ever learns that along the way, then yeah, he would be working um, to make it happen. I guess because he seems to be a servant of the realm. He right. wants what's best for the realm, mm-hmm. uh, even if that means you know uh, kinslaying when he yeah. kills the Blackfires yeah. that show up at court, and that's what gets him sent to the wall by yeah. Egg. Um, you know, so so there's that. I I don't know. I think. There are some people who also speculate that Maester Eamon has had secret correspondence with Bloodraven still, and that perhaps through dreams and things like that, mm-hmm. that they're, that, you know, sometimes you can't always tell whether a dream is real or not, you know, and it just, I'm just dreaming this because I, I'm, I'm losing, I'm the last of the Targaryens, one of the last, and I'm, I'm dreaming of my, you know, my, my relatives and things right. and stuff. Well, so. yeah, really, all we, all we really know is that Eamon is obviously a very smart dude because he's one, a Targaryen, so he grew up. You mm-hmm. know, at the when when they were in power and things were mostly relatively, yeah, I guess, kind of peaceful. We did have the Blackfire rebellions, but you know, it was still you, you had stretches of peace and and, right. and, and mm-hmm. things and things like that. So, um, you know, he was obviously very bookish, and then he goes and become and goes to uh, Old Town, and becomes a maester, and he's also very old, so he has a lot of time to study. Is it possible that Blood Raven, aka Thread Crow, was communicating with him, and he kind of knew he was like just how like the Raven um, or the Crow, I guess, is communicating with John, like mm-hmm. King, King, right, uh, um, Sir Jor Mormont's yeah. Crow. So is is that possible? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it all is. I will say um, real quick. I want I do want to mention. I like to mention theories. Sure, because I think I think it brings up other people's ideas. There is a theory here. Um, this is um, this is kind of from this is from the a forum of ice and fire. This is from the 
the wiki, like the main, the Wester. If you go to songoficeofire.westeros.org, you can find a connection to the wiki and stuff like that. Um, and this person um, is kind of talking about um, just a lot of things. He's talking about Blood Raven, but uh, he's talking about Ghost and things like that. Ghost has white hair, red eyes, as a massive hint. Blood Raven has a pale white skin and red eyes. Um, that parallels the Weirwood trees he uses to keep an eye on events all over Westeros. Uh, Brennan Rivers has black. Uh, Blackwood blood, the sigil of house Blackwood is a weirwood tree surrounded by 10 Ravens on a red background. Um, the Blackwoods are descendants from the first men. So that is how uh, blood Raven can have abilities usually associated with northerners and wildlings. Um, some people are questioning it cause he's kind of Targaryen. Um, anyway, then he kind of goes on to say it, there is a theory that Melisandre is the daughter of blood Raven and Shiera Seastar. Mm-hmm. Um, at least on one occasion, Mel has a vision, a wooden face, corpse white and a thousand red eyes accompanied by a boy with a wolf's face. Um, so it just kind of, it's just interest. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. interesting could be. We know that Melisandre is really, really old, at least from the show. We know Melisandre is really, really old, and she's just glamoring herself. Right. She also does misinterpret things in the flames, but but I do she know does, yeah. that she was looking at, at one point. I can't remember where it was in the series. It may be what you just read there. And she does almost make contact or see the great other, in mm-hmm. a sense, or, or, or something, you know, what, what they're calling the show the Night King. I believe I do a double check on that, but uh, the, something she sees in the flames that uh, references those beyond the wall. Mm-hmm. A lot and, of people uh, see it a scares lot of, her. I a think. lot of people see things in the flames and they're scared. Right. Yeah. Varys, uh, the hound is dark and full of terrors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, anyways, okay, let's, let's move on to the third question here um, from the ghost. And let's see, it's talking about uh, Brienne and the brotherhood without banners. Um, Oh, I need to back up here a little bit. In the Dance of Dragons, we're left with Brienne of Tarth being brutally questioned by the Brotherhood without banners and nearly hanged at a word from Lady Stoneheart. Does she escape death with Oathkeeper and deliverance of Jamie Lannister? So, hmm. Okay. So she was charged. You know, Lady, um, or Brienne, right, is, you know, Lady Stoneheart, I'm sorry, Catelyn, would like her to take Jamie, you know, back to King's Landing so that she can secure her two daughters, correct? So she did do that, but when she when she brought him back to King's Landing, there were no daughters, right? And so to continue the quest, she's given Oathkeeper, um, and Jamie Lannister sort of says, "Best of luck, you know, keep, keep that oath. You know, you've you've brought me this far, finish it." Mm-hmm. And so she is; she's actually on her quest to find the daughters and, and track them down. And she's getting closer and closer and closer. Um, I think she's more on the trail of Arya than she realizes at one point. Um, but uh, so first of all, I think at the end of Dance of Dragons, we're kind of left with the idea that Bran of Tarth could be killed. Yeah. Right. But then we pick up back up later and there is someone summoning Jamie Lannister um, away from uh, the siege at River Run. And it's believed to be Bran of Tarth. Right. Um, wanting to keep her oath. And so it might have been something that I don't know what it was that she says um, that helps Lady Stoneheart spare her life. Um, but Lady Stoneheart's just vengeful. She doesn't really uh, want to, you know, it had to have been something. I'm interested to see what she says and what the conversation was with, with Lady Stoneheart and how she's able to um, deliver Because now she wants Jamie Lannister back, I think. Yeah, I think she wants to hold Jamie Lannister sort of uh, accountable because she also 
one, Jamie was, you know, swore that he was going to deliver her daughters, correct? So it's not just Brienne, it's actually Jamie as well. And so that's why he does give Brienne of Tarth Oathkeeper to help keep his oath. He helps her along. Um, it's, the, it's the only way that he knows how to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she wants Jamie held accountable, and she wants, I guess the question is, uh, from the ghost here is does she escape death with Oathkeeper and deliver Jamie Lannister back to Lady Stoneheart? Um, I don't know. Very different. See, this is where we can get into the very, di- very, oh, very totally different. Show, yeah, show and book are totally. Is it different. possible that the Brotherhood captured Jamie Lannister? Remember, he doesn't have his his right hand anymore. He's mm-hmm. not, you know, um, the knight that he once was. Could he be overtaken? Um, with this meeting, I think he's, he's he's in he's he's camped right now outside of River Run, so he has all of his men around him. I don't think she can sneak in there and and just take him out. But if here, here's where I could see the twist, right? Brienne is super honorable, keeps her word, all this kind of stuff. If she is telling him, "I need you to come with me, and we need to talk away from your men, etc." That could be how she gets him away. Yeah. And then she could capture him. She she could actually overtake him and take him back to Lodi, to, to Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. Now wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Well, and I actually then think Brienne of Tarth might see what Lady Stoneheart is going to do, and she might step in and kill Lady Stoneheart. Wow, wouldn't that be interesting? I'm just saying, if you want to start going down the what ifs and the well, these different you know, paths, something something interesting though is that. What what happens with Brienne of Tarth in the show? I'm trying to think here. So Jamie goes to River Run, gets Edmund Tully to walk in and let everyone mm-hmm. basically out. He let, he lets Edmund Tully walk in, and then they, he takes over, and then they kill the Blackfish, and then Bran leaves. Her and Bran, her and Jamie kind of have like a stare down, and then uh, not like a stare down, just like a, a look, right? A longing yeah. look yep. as she kind of sails off with Podrick, I believe. Right. And then she in the show she goes back up to Winterfell. She goes back up to Winterfell, right, and to serve. Lady um, Sansa. Sansa. Right. So. Now, before that, though, she actually is uh, in Lady Sansa's service. I think she goes with, she helps Sansa get to, hmm, how does this happen again in the show? How, how does she She's, eventually she get like sent s- by Sansa? She, like, stumbles across Sansa, doesn't she? Well, I think she goes to the... Um, Sansa is wed to by Littlefinger to Ramsay Bolton in the show. show. Yeah, totally different in the book. Once she hears that announcement, she takes for Winterfell, and she's trying to put the lamp, the light, to kind of indicate like that's right. She's trying to get her out. Yeah, right. So trying to get her out, and so then she enters into her service, and she's sent by Sansa to get her uncle's support. Yep, uh, for them to take back Winterfell, and they just at that point in time, the Blackfish can't. You know, he believes he's right. never even really met his. So, is it, right. So, is it is it possible something similar happens in the books where Sansa gets out, um, like escapes? Um, although she's not really patro, she's not with Ramsay Bolton in the books. No, she's not. So the only thing that I think that okay. So if you want to know how it could look in the in the book, I think, you know, she could go to Jamie there. She could bring Jamie back to Lady Stoneheart, and he could be he could be captured by Lady Stoneheart and held by yeah. her again. So she could be going. So hold on, hear me out. So if she did, because I believe what what the ghost is getting to here is that she is sent. Uh, a lot of people believe to get Jamie. I believe I think she accomplishes that and goes back and feels like she needs she owes, you know, um, Lady Stark something. So she brings Jamie Lannister back, and then 
they hear Arya Stark is being wed to Ramsay Bolton, and that's the same wedding that Wyman is going to. She heads there, and the same situation where she gets in, she talks to who she thinks is, she doesn't mm-hmm. know what Arya even looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks to who she thinks is Arya, Jane Poole, and maybe does the whole light situation again, where we'll be in camp, we can help you, etc., type of thing. Um, I think that could still happen and be close right. to that, but it's really this in-between step. Does she go get Jamie? Does Jamie talk her into abandoning Lady, Lady Stoneheart and just going to protect? Does, does he give her intel in the book on where Arya is, and then she goes right. to the wedding? That type of situation. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's yeah. There's some other because the the show happens kind of in a, in a weird order because the other thing that's going on is you know the the pink letter has been sent mm-hmm. and there's the obviously Battle of the Bastards at some point coming. Right. So right. you know this would all have to include. This is hear me out. John's going to have to get up. That sequence is going to have, you know, John gets right. resurrected. He leaves the night's watch um, is. So here's something I think could happen is Sansa still gets the Knights of the veil vale to help John, you know, and John's wildling army. And he still mm-hmm. kind of goes around. And then maybe Lady Stoneheart comes with the Brotherhood without banners and the Brotherhood without banners helps them fight as yeah. well do you know who else and then lady stoneheart dies in 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 some way yeah. in some way during the, the thing uh, another possibility is that um edric dane ned dane has taken half of the Brotherhood without banners he doesn't believe in this lady right. stoneheart he's i it seems like against her coming to be right mm-hmm. baritandarian gives uh, the, the the flame of life or whatever to her to bring her back and then supposedly that's his last death yeah. seven his seventh death which i hope is not true and i don't believe it is actually but yeah, cause, um, God, the stuff we get him into the show he's like right but you none know of that stuff happens who's gonna do you know who i think takes his place Jamie. in the show is this this uh baritandarian squire which is ned dane who mm-hmm. would go back and retrieve the sword of the morning and who would who would march with the sword yeah. Um, back north, and who could be standing beyond the wall in place of Barrington Darien? Uh, you know, Ned Dane yeah. with Sword of the Morning. I think mm-hmm. could re- could be a real possibility. Yeah. So and that could actually be Lightbringer. And exactly. The, the, whole, it, the whole deal. It does. So, and, and I think you kind of need a Dane who's worthy of that, and he seems to be pretty well worthy of it. He seems like a good, well raised kid. He's squired under Barrick, and Barrick yeah. has taken good good care of him. So yeah, unless you have Jon Snow, who's actually Stark and Dane. So wow, geez. right? And yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't that also make sense that instead of House Aaron uh, um, coming to help from the Vale, it would be House Dane, yeah, rising and coming secretly. And then you, and then you could do something totally different, where you have like I don't know, maybe the Knights of the Vale fight. On the other side, or something, because little, if Littlefinger's taking over there, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. yeah, right. Because I, I do think the Littlefinger stuff totally one hundred percent different in in the books. He's yeah. way too important of a character to kind of kill off the way they do in the show. Yeah. Now the last little bit here, just with Lysa and Catelyn's deeply intricate language, could Lady Stoneheart know Edmure's location? Um, could Lysa, Edmure Tully is the rightful lord of the Trident, etc. It may come down to um. Yeah, that it could be that that maybe they send Brienne in there and she can't get Jamie, but she can get you know Tully perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly. Did they go through with the the stuff in the show? I think they're still sieging outside and they've got they've got Edmure uh kind of tied up. He's on display. Yeah, like almost mocking 
the Tully's outside. The, mm-hmm. the Freys are in control. And then the Lannisters show up and they're like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yep. So I, I don't really know how that's going to go. But um, but yeah, I think there still could be some something uh, with, with Lysa's secret language and Catelyn talking and communicating. That could definitely be yeah. uh, something. And in the show, in the I don't even think we're going to get any more Edmure Tully. I think I think, I'm pretty, I think even the actor said like, oh, I, like he wasn't he wasn't even cast in this season. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. So, all right. Let's all right. move on to the next one here. Yeah, who we got? So, we've got uh, Andrew Farthing. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, hey, guys. Fan of the show. Guys? I like the reread idea. It's okay. <laughs> no, just... We'll let it go this time. Um, well, we'll get we'll get we'll get to why it's okay in the the next. Sir one. Matt, I'll uh, just uh, yeah. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, fans of the show like the reread idea. Here's an idea I've been tossing around since the end of last season. It doesn't mesh with who I want to kill the Night King, but what if Jamie ends up killing the Night King and he is um, and he is venerated as the King Slayer instead of being uh, disparaged as the King Slayer? Question mark. I think that fits with Gurr's habit of taking an attribute and, and subverting it. Thoughts? Great yeah. question, actually. Great question. Um, and uh, I'll... So... This is where we come down again to difference between the show and the books in in something I think I I actually in the show I just I I don't think Jamie will do it but in the books I actually think there's a high likelihood he could because I was reading a chapter in a storm of or a clash of kings excuse me the other day in which Tyrion has a one line kind of answer to uh, someone. I can't remember who it was, but he says he's talking about joking about like Cersei and just his relationship with her. And he's, he, I think he, he might, I think he might, might even be talking to Varys. I think it's when they're kind of having their like meetings when he's hand of the mm-hmm. King. Yeah. And he jokes about like, Oh, I've often thought of using the uh, faceless men to kill my sister. Just mm-hmm. like, I mean, he's totally joking about it. But there is the Valonqar theory that Cersei is going to be killed by one of by her, her younger brother, which most people think is Jaime. A lot of people think is Tyrion. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other part too. Another another thing, which is Arya's list. So if Jaime or you know if Jaime or uh, Tyrion were to kill Cersei, it would kind of take off that thing of Arya's list. And with so many people. If with if Cersei's gone, Arya's list is kind of meaningless because I think the mountain is on it. I mean, the hound is also on it. I don't think that's happening. But you know, like if the hound kills the mountain because Clegane Bull, mm-hmm. then and Jaime or Tyrion kill Cersei, then like what's really left on Arya's list? Ellen Payne, like it kind of becomes mm-hmm. pointless. So what if Tyrion uses Arya to kill? Cersei, mm-hmm. like faceless man right. thing, then that leaves Jamie as this character to what is he gonna do? Mm-hmm. And in the show, it seems like he's completely done with Cersei. Yeah. So I do think it is actually possible that this is actually a really good thought that Jamie could be the one to kill the Night King. Yeah. Maybe he dies, he dies doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also really like the idea of Azor Ahai not be just being being someone other than like say Jon Snow. Like mm-hmm. whether it's the hound and it would be so great because it's just this guy who, you know, like has this fear of fire. And I, I like the idea of it being someone other than like the main, main, main characters. I know mm-hmm. Jamie is kind of in that group, but I kind of consider him in like that second tier of like main characters outside of Tyrion, 
uh, John Daenerys. Mm -hmm. So I just think it would be cool if perhaps it were like Jamie or, you know, uh, Jorah Mormont, like somebody you're, you know, you don't immediately think of. So it would be kind of cool. Yes. And then Jamie goes on to say, be like hand of the King or something, which we, we go back and he had been, people had been talking about maybe making him hand of the King. And then it would be kind of ironic because he's lost his hand and, and he was the like, you know, he guarded the King. And so I don't know. Okay, let me just throw something out here to you. We have this, um, The Long Night, which mm-hmm. took place thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, thousands of years ago, before Aegon's Conquest. Mm-hmm. So who was in Westeros at the time? Um, you know, the had, the had the Targaryens really, you no. know? No. So now some people believe that the first men, air quote, could have been some of those from... Um, Valeria, right, right, coming across the land bridge, so that could be the case. That's that it could have been someone of the Targaryen heritage or whatever, but it seems like for 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 the most part that Azor Ahai, the 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 hero who who rose uh, to face the night, was you know someone of the of 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 the first men. Yeah, you know, and so it wouldn't maybe necessarily be a Targaryen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It had me thinking that when, when that took place that it. it we always think that they became obsessed with this prophecy and this idea, right? Um, but uh, and maybe they're two different things, you know. Um, I think though that they. I, I thought I hear, uh, hear me out here. Let me pull this up. I think they um, they reference. I think he's like an Andal. Like he's like more of Andal of of Andal origin. Of Andal origin, yeah. Okay. Uh, see, there's a quote about the long night. The oldest histories we have um, were written after the Andals came to Westeros. The first men only left us ruins on rocks. So everything we know about the age of heroes in the Dawn Age and the long night comes from the accounts set down by Septons thousands of years ago. Uh, they are archmaesters of the Citadel who question all of it. So it sounds like it was before the Andals came, okay, you yeah. know, too. So it would have been um, even before that. Yeah, I think, okay, so... I think in some of the wikis, they say like, oh, this person is more of like Valyrian descent. This person is more of like first men descent. It yeah. Doesn't, it, does, I, it doesn't say that just immediately on his kind of description. So, yeah. Um, yeah toss, you can toss that out or maybe it's true. I don't Who, know. Who? What? With Jamie? Jamie, yeah. Oh, no. I was actually backing you up there. Oh, well, sweet. Okay, cool. That in my mind. Keep no, that, that, <laughs> ba- good, that backs you up because, I mean, the, the Lannisters, Land the Clever, and all this different thing. Yeah, there's some Andal, you know, maybe blood mixed in there, or whatever, but there's nothing that says that he couldn't have the blood of the first men because the first men established those seven, you know, Gareth Greenhand and, uh, is that his name? Right. Mm-hmm. Who would, it was the father of all these different, you know, uh, prosperous Lords and whatnot. I mean, you know, kind of a, I think it was more of just a great, great King who had many descendants who then ended up ruling. Cause again, you're spanning thousands of years, right. During the age of heroes, uh, several brand, the builders, right. Who, lived in this kingdom, I think he's a, he's a descendant of the first men. Yeah. You know, I think the, I think the Lannisters now I, there's Andal mixing in there too, but I think it's just, um, my, my whole point was that it's not necessarily going to be a Targaryen in my book. Yeah. I don't know. Just my thought. Yeah, okay. So, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Great question. I don't know. I like it. I just, I just like it. I like yeah. the idea. I like the idea of, of it, of it being Jamie. Yeah. It would be cool. 
It would actually be cool. I I just I think especially I, since the clip that we saw today, like uh, every time we, we warm up for an episode, Sir Matt will um, pull up a clip, and the, the clip show. he pulled up today from the show was so the, yeah, it's, oh it's, my yeah, gosh. the scene where Jamie's telling Brienne about why he stabbed the Mad King in the back. It's, Such good acting, and I that. think to be honest, I think that's the first scene in the show where because season one is good, yeah, and then it's not, and like I think that's season three, um, but that's really when you're like, or maybe it's like yeah, see, late season two, early season three. Um, where you really kind of realize this is going to be like epic, an epic show. Like, yeah. this is, like it's just filmed really great. Cause you had heard for so long Kingslayer and he just takes it right. Mm-hmm. But then he has this moment of vulnerability where he's with, you know, Brienne and, and they're in the hot tub or whatever the, yeah. and he's just sort of like telling her yeah. what and really happened. A scene that is not in the, uh, in the book that they set up even better in the show is, and I think I, this is another thing where like, the stuff that could have happened, like the the scene where Robert Baratheon is talking to Barristan Salmi and Jamie Lannister about their first kill. Mm-hmm. So obviously, when the show had been written, um, you know, the f- the five, four or the five five books had been out. I think yeah. Dance of Dragons had just come just out come when out. the show when, yep. the, when the show started. So obviously, people know Jamie's story. The writers know Jamie's story, so they can go in and add some of these scenes to add context. But Jamie tells Robert he'd been saying the same thing he'd been saying for hours burn them all mm-hmm. but jamie yeah. still seems kind of like a dick at the time yeah, and so yeah. but then it adds to it later oh well the, the he was saying burn them all like that's the yeah it's great so right. it's just great yeah. yeah yep for sure okay i think we got one more uh raven for this week uh yeah now here we go sam the hammer yeah. right now sir matt and sir ezra forgive me for my lack of protocol in my last raven where he had called us guys so yeah. uh here's looking at you andrew no we're just kidding it's it's totally it's totally fine but there's nothing to, to forgive. forgive all right uh, yeah so i just saying <laughs> i am a simple smith from the western edge of the stormlands and i've not much dealt with highborn lords <laughs> i hope you will forgive my petulance uh, there's nothing to forgive yeah um, to give my thoughts on the Valyrian Warhammer discussion, it is unlikely that one would ever exist. The main component of a hammer's effectiveness is its weight. Uh, the greatest impact can be applied by bringing the hammer down onto one's opponent using gravity to increase the velocity of a weapon. A lighter material would only serve to increase the size of the hammer's head, making it less uh, wieldly and making the point of impact less focused. Valyrian steel would aid in making the hammer less prone to damage or chipping. But I doubt many warriors would choose durability over effectiveness. Uh, handles or decorations may be forged from Valyrian steel, but I doubt the head would be. Hmm. Good point. Okay. All right. The reason for this message uh, is to ask your thoughts on how you think the popularity of A Song of Ice and Fire may affect the last couple of books. I've heard you mention that you have misgivings about the R plus L equals J theory, that maybe the books will be different from the show, and even... Th- that it is too obvious a route for Gurr to go down. I once read that the art of good writing is that the plot will lead to the only logical conclusion while still being a surprise to the reader. Gurr appears to be very adept at this by leaving clues and foreshadowing that allow the plot to deviate dramatically from the expected path without breaking the logical progression of the story. As an individual reader, you would never notice many of these until after the twist was revealed. But what happens with every line of a book is dissected by thousands of readers at discussion and length. We see these things, uh, we see things we didn't see before, and this encourages us to go back and reread each time, picking up on more clues and sharing them with each other. This effect is amplified when there is so much time to wait in between installments. The question I have for both good sir knights um, is what effect do you think this has on Gurr's writing? How can 
how can he feel like he has surprised us in every pa- when every path has already been discussed on Reddit? He, <laughs> <laughs> true. He'll be more inclined to throw in red herrings for the benefit <clears throat> of tinfoil hat uh, brigade. Is this why he is spending more time on side projects? I imagine it could be quite uh, demotivating if you find out someone has predicted the ending of your magnum opus and shared it online. I believe that uh, the major plot threads of A Song of Ice and Fire are well set in Gur's mind and that these may be the same as the show, but real interest in the remaining books will be in how the minor plot threads resolve. But will it be the same series that Gur set out to write and will it be better or worse for it? And will Gur ever be able to truly surprise us again? Looking forward to hearing your thoughts, Sam the Hammer. Wow, Sam, that's a great... Absolutely great question. Great question. And uh, let me just start by by saying that uh, Gurr has surprised me in how well, I mean, I, I am shocked at how good his writing is. Like, I think sometimes, like, you know, when, when I first read it, I was confused a little bit. You know, I still got the, I got the main piece of it. I got it, you know, right. but I, I came out of it going, where's everybody going to go? Like, what's, what's going to, I was totally baffled, right? Second read through, you start to kind of get a little bit more. A third time through, you get even more. Now, I think his editor at one point said he has a three-step like approach to reveals, which mm-hmm. is which is pretty cool. So there's this like subtle, you know, hint to the very, you know, um, uh, readers that pay close attention to minor details, right? Um, and then that could be followed later by a little more obvious clue um, for those who are less attentive, and then you've got uh, basically then just spelling it out for everybody at the end. Here we go, you know. Right. So there were clues along the way to the Red Wedding, you know, and when we look back, we're like, there they are, there they are. But I think if you were reading, and I wasn't at the time, I've had the privilege of reading from straight through, you know, um, and not really stopping to consume it. I, I read Game of Thrones all the way through Dance of Dragons and just, you know, had no idea. When, I, when the Red Wedding came, I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, but I didn't have a, a, so I was surprised. And I didn't really catch all the all the subtle hints and stuff along the way, um, but I think there's still a bunch going on right now in A Dance of Dragons, and I know that there's the uh, there's there's a Reddit theory for everything. Um, we we've been kind of going over those, but um, I do think I don't know that he's looking at those. Do you know? No, I, I don't he's think specific, he's. Yeah, his he, the computer he says he writes on is like DOS right. based. Yeah. So first of all, I just hope that uh, uh, that's backed up, backed up with I guess floppy <laughs> drives because man, those things were real. I know. You know, I know. like I know it makes me nervous, but I I think that he um, is not really paying attention to that. I think he just knows he's a damn good writer and he's just going to do what he's going to do. Yeah. Um, he also talks about his how his characters evolve over time. Right. So so. Now, I do think he's seen the show, and I think most oh, sure. people are kind of like show-heavy. It happens here on this show. We have the showisms all the time. Um, so I think that actually might help that it's going in a completely different way and, and had, can't, can't do what, what a book can do with its characters, right? So um, I know that it's going to be completely different, and as, as far as like, like even the whole you know R plus L equals J being different, um, I even think, too, that there's enough... There's enough hinting that it that it could be a thing. Like it's it's a it's a false lead, right? He's leading us there, but then time and time again, there are these little tiny hints, and he's eventually going to spell it out for us. So I I just say be ready for that winds of winter. I think that's coming. I think something a big reveal is coming, and um, we're going to learn more about different people's heritage and and who is who and and things. Um, 
I don't know. What do you think, Sir Matt? Though I mean, um, so there's a lot of things I want. I want to just. I want. I want to break down here. So first and foremost, something I. Th- I think I said this the other day. Uh, I can't remember if I was saying it on the podcast or I was just talking to you, Sir Ezra. Was that? If anything, I think Gers kind of oddly. So this is really odd, and I, I've said this a lot. Is that? It's so odd that we're that the books aren't finished, but the show is about to. Because normally that's never how we get it, right? Mm-hmm. Like with Harry Potter. I mean. It was like the first movie I don't think happened until like the first four books had been out. And then she was yeah. cranking them out like every year. But more often than not, it's like, you know, Lord of the Rings. The books have been around forever or, the, you know, the book comes out and then, you know, we'll get a, a movie or whatever a couple of years down the line or right. relatively quick if, it, if it's successful. So I actually think that Gurr actually has the advantage of watching the show because he may see things like the way the show did Littlefinger. If the show if if he looks at that and he was like, you know what, maybe that was his plan. He's like, that's just not a good idea. So then he, so he can kind of, in a way, he 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 could, I guess, still be influenced by it, by but by seeing like, no, nah, I can do better than that, because there's no way I think that the showrunners came up with Hodor. No, no way, way. And <clears throat> no. I do think Hodor is definitely happening because it, it, it has to, it has to happen. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, yeah. You know, R plus L equals J and all this other stuff, and there's just there's stuff that the show can't do. So. You go into that, but as just as far as Gurr's writing goes, I do believe he is actually writing a magnum opus. I mean, this is this. I think it's the it's arguably the greatest story, at least fantasy story ever ever told. I'm actually someone where I actually kind of struggle reading books. I've just never, never, just never mm-hmm. been my thing. Yeah. And I, when I first so I watched the show first, and I was actually kind of nervous about diving into the books because, um, you know, having seen. I read like the Hobbit growing up um, and I tried to read Lord of the Rings and I, um, I love the movies. I absolutely love them. Mm-hmm. But I was, I talked to Sir Ezra about this and it's just, it's too confusing. The names are, their names are like all identical and there's just, mm-hmm. there's so many characters and I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and Gurf doesn't it, in this, there are a lot of characters, but I'm not, for some reason I'm not overwhelmed. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's perfect and it's just perfect enough. And so, mm-hmm. like, I think even stuff like that he takes into consideration. Like, how is my reader going to understand this? Is it too much? Is it too little? Can I tell you something that he does that, that in, in the histories? So, yes, the Targaryens can be confusing, right? But he associates things like the Old King, the Mad King, things right. like that to help us with that. Another thing that he does, too, is, like, if you look at the High Towers, you've got, like, Alyssa, Alicent. Like, he has variations of, of, of the beginning uh, sound, right? He's mm-hmm. got that same sort of, like... Um, for 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 lines of people, right? right? You've got um, Land the Clever, right? You've right. got Lionel, yeah. You've got right. All the, the it kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. So yeah. he does try to help us, I think, a little bit and make make characters distinguishable, yeah. even in his histories. Yeah, but his history. I mean, his histories isn't the main series, so he can be obviously do whatever he wants. I guess more with that. Um, but so anyway, so. I, I don't know. I don't think I don't I think it's it is influenced. I will say I do think obviously it has to be. It can't it can't not be like in influenced. Um but I do think it's probably influenced for the better, if anything. Hmm. You know, I actually think it was intentional. I actually the more I read and I listen to HBO uh the the, the directors uh, and the creators talk about their conversations with Gurr and what he has said in, in different public settings. It's going to be different, number one. And then oh, number sure. two, I think it was intentionally meant to be different. Yeah. I actually think, you know how you know how writers sometimes have an alternate ending mm-hmm. or several endings? I think he gave them one of those endings and said, here's a good one. Go with this. Yeah. 
and, and it's and there's a lot of evidence in his book that could have led us to that ending. But I think he's going to give us a different ending. I do. And, and so it seems but it's, I'm saying it's in, if, it, yeah. if it is intentional, then I think there's less um, influence from the show. Yeah, because he intentionally set out to do that. Yeah. And he has four or five books under his belt by the time he starts to kind of work with HBO. Yeah. And so we don't really. And that's another thing. We don't really know how much. I mean, he's the executive producer. So, but I don't, I don't know if he has like complete authority to say it has to go down a hundred percent this way because, you know, the showrunners are probably like, uh, you know, with the Dorn stuff, mm-hmm. our ratings aren't as good when we do Dorn stuff. He's like, okay, we'll cut that out. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it just, it seems like we're gearing up for a pretty safe ending in the show. Mm-hmm. And I do not, the, the, the book is going to be so complex. And I think that's why, I think that's another reason and we said this before. I think that's why he's taking his time with wins of Me winter too. because I actually am of the, I am of the belief that we will get winds of winter and then we will actually get, um, a, a wish of spring relatively close. Um, I think that he's probably actually writing both mm-hmm. and that he just, it, the, the easier part is the ending. The the, end, the ending you can see from the beginning. Okay, this is where I want everyone to end. Mm-hmm. It's the okay. I need to make sure that every. It's kind of when you're doing like a like a you know like a like a, like a nice Christmas present, right? And you get mm-hmm. that really ornate bow. You just want to be able to pull it out and not rip the pages. You know, rip the mm-hmm. paper. You want to be able to pull it out and it all just unravels beautifully. And I think right. that's that's why Winds is probably the hardest of the books to write. Uh, yeah, I I agree with that. You know, another so a piece of crows and dance of dragons, right? the body and the volume of characters and plot threads gets to be so big that it does split. I think he needs to and is going to in this Winds of Winter. So I agree with you that maybe he is writing or outlining some of um, A Wish for, A Hope for, what a is wish it? Wish for Spring, Spring, I think is yeah. what it's supposed to be called. Um, I think if that's happening, that's awesome. But I also think, too, he is sort of kind of, like it's almost like it's gone. Yeah, bottleneck back, back up to into one book, yeah. uh, which is what you want. Um it helps everybody it brings people back together. The threads that went out now are coming back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I don't know. No, I, so I think it's, I think he still can surprise us. Yeah. I actually think he can. I, I think yeah. there are things that, um, I don't know. Have you, have you and heard anybody mention the whole, you know, like the idea that the sort of the like there's a lot of stuff right. with the sort of the morning coming right. back into play. That, yeah. And the, well, I'll say this and he, I'm sure he has the, the outline, the outline plan, but something we talked about, uh, before, is whose POV is it going to be for some of these chapters when you have everyone together? Like, think about the dragon pit scene. Whose POV is that? Because mm-hmm. that that one scene in the show, you, you don't you 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 can have POV scenes. You, if you kind of show a character walking in, then it's kind of their scene. Um, you know, just by like if Jon Snow's walking up to talk to Daenerys, it's kind of Jon's scene with Daenerys. Right. My question: Do, do you but, think that scene is even going to happen in, in Winds of Winter? Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm I, saying. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. That 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 actually, I was just using that as, as as an example. It's not it's not important. But like the dragon pit scene, if that does happen, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it changes everything depending on who's mm-hmm. on whose scene is. If is, I would, I'm gonna. If I had to guess, I would say that it is Tyrion's scene. If I just had to take a guess, if it goes down roughly the same way, mm-hmm. so yeah, sure, yeah, no, I I agree with you. Point of view does does matter, um, and that you can't you with books with books every cha- every scene, you know, you have to whose whose point of view is it? Like mm-hmm. Jon Snow getting crowned king in the north is that Jon's point of view or is that Sansa's? Because those are totally 
different mm-hmm. feelings, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, or is sure. it da- actually it'll probably be Davos is seeing if I had to take. Well, if Littlefinger's there, is you know, is there something? Do they ever introduce like a new? Yeah, they a do. New, all the, yeah. They introduce a new point of view or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So uh, yeah. Anyways, I, I I think it's I think we will get surprised. I think that he is somewhat influenced, but I think it's actually more he influ like he has set out with this false sort of like I think he gave them a great show idea and I a great for, they'll make a lot of money and stuff but then he's got he's kept close to the chest his own design and I think it will be the book that the series that he set out to read to, yeah. to write even though they evolve over time I still think he has yeah. a vision yeah and send us a raven or a response who do you think POV chapter it will be if the dragon pit does happen mm-hmm. I want I want to I want to know what other what other people think who, who it'll be yeah Okay. Awesome. So, all right, guys. Um, what's the, oh, oh, trivia question. Yeah. Can't skip that. That's Don't skip that. My goodness. What everyone uh, loves here. So, all right. Who exposes Arya Stark's identity to the Brotherhood without banners? Wow. This is a good one, man. This is a good one. Yep, Sir Ezra didn't get it when I when nope, I nope, I did not get it initially when I when I first got it here. Oh, so, every every so week I always have to don't jump the gun too quick. Every week I always forget to pull up some random houses thing, so I guess got to keep it going every week, you know. So let's find another random house here to uh, pull up there. Oh, for their house words, mm-hmm. yeah, I was gonna do uh, house Manderley, but their words are not uh, actually mentioned in the in the book series, as far as I know. Um, I don't see them anyways. So what do you got? Also, by the way, while Matt's um, you know pulling that up, um, make sure to send Sir Matt and I your uh, your Ravens at btkcast at gmail.com. Uh, theories are welcome, and uh, be sure to check out the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash bend the knee. Uh, we have the Black Council on there. We've got some Green Dreams, um, you know, a series. We're gonna get back to the meat, meat and cheese as well, and uh, so yeah, a lot of fun there. We'll create you a custom sigil. Uh, get your Westerosi house going. Uh, and another quick uh, mention here, um, it would really help the show if you guys are able to go over to iTunes and give us a review if you think we're doing okay. Cool. Uh, if not, then awesome. If you have some more um, constructive criticism or feedback, just send us a message to say, guys, you know, here's what I'm thinking or whatever. Uh, we are always willing to look at that and take it and, and you know, consider it. Um, we play to our strengths and, and, and do the best we can. But, uh, yeah. So those reviews on iTunes definitely help the show a lot. They help us grow um, and get more recognition and things like that, So, which we really like. So we can kind of continue the old book club. So we've, we've got this thing planned out for years. Yeah. All right. Well, here we go. In the words of House Ashford, mm. the Ashford Meadow, little uh, Duncan egg. Yeah, connection. Yeah. Connection there. Our sun shines bright. 